0: You are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM, where we are eating breakfast.
1: We're we like 100% stuffy our faces right now. Yeah.
0: And um, I just heated up a bowl of rice. We're both
1: eating, both eating rice. What kind of rice do you eat? Indian rice? Dal ju- rice? It's
0: just, no. So, well, producer Shanna, she's got rice with Dal. Whereas I have opted for the ultimate breakfast, the champion's breakfast. Rice with soy sauce. <laughs> and and I put some um I put some oh what's the spicy sauce with the chicken on it called
1: oh, uh, oh um, um
0: uh, we're both sriracha sriracha yeah, yeah. I put some sriracha because usually you usually so
1: that's not the breakfast of champions for a that's good, the breakfast of bachelors
0: for a good two years this is no this was like when I was hanging out with other people who were you know. Of various different genders, mm-hmm. I mean male and female. Um, we would eat breakfast together, and it would be rice, soy sauce, gochujang, avocado, and seaweed.
1: Oh, yum!
0: That is now. I don't you have, saved
1: it with the avocado. I don't and the have seaweed. the
0: avocado or seaweed.
1: Those are the two best parts.
0: But, no, but the rice <laughs> is. Like...
1: Do you want? Do you want a little bit of mine? Because I'm having. I'm having Thai. So this is uh, this is, is tom, tom Kha soup, which is like a, a vegan coconut-based oh. soup with vegetables. It's delicious. And then mm. this is coconut rice. And you have the two ah. together. It is my all-time be- best Thai restaurant food ordering tip. Go to your local Thai restaurant, order a Tom Kha without chilies.
0: No, I get, get it with a side, the chilies. What's wrong Get with you? a side of
1: coconut rice. And it's, the not, two it's not together, Thai food if it's not spicy. The two together is a magical combo. The thing is it's already spicy without
0: the chilies in it. Mon, I I do not take any of your advice. I just I just want to let mean, you fine, know I mean, fine,
1: have chilies in it, but that's still a great order. Tom car and coconut rice. But
0: when you told me that you don't wash your rice... That 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 ended when it comes to Asian food, your opinion is is absolutely oh,
1: I can't absolutely you just that up on air. null
0: and void. When you told me that, when you and you were so sure that that's the way that Asians do it, I, I'm like, no, Monica, no, you are deceived.
1: Look, (laughs) look, sometimes we make mistakes, all right. uh, I'm going to confess that for a long time, I think my memory just got this muddled up. I thought that I had seen some sort of hack where, like, Um I thought I saw that Asian people don't wash their rice and that's like their biggest secret, um, to you know, having perfect rice and I was like, Oh cool, I'll just stop washing my rice. And so I like for years just didn't wash my rice. But it turns out I must have been it must have been something else that I saw. It wasn't rice, it was something else. You know how sometimes, you know, like Westerners think, Oh yeah, this is how they do it in some other sort of country. But we totally get it wrong. I thought it was one of those. But yeah, I I had this beef with Lawson about it where I was like, I never wash my rice, who washes and you were like, uh you need to look that up. I was So I I looked it up and it turns out I was indeed very wrong. (laughs) And you'll be happy to know, Lawson, I now wash my rice and I wash my lentils and I wash my beans. Praise God. I wash everything now. Shake my
0: hand right now. I don't want to
1: touch your hand. I'm eating. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) And then I have to wash my hands. When was the
1: last time you, did you wash your hand before you started breakfast? No, I don't think you did. No,
0: because I got this bowl and I washed the bowl.
1: That's the bowl. And And then I washed my hands. I I I still don't trust you.
0: (laughs) You are the world's biggest hater. That's, that's uh, like, I thought that was me, but (laughs) it's clearly you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Hey, let us know what you're eating this morning. We've already had people. I love people texting you about what their their food is. Yeah. wait, you can tell us what you're eating this morning or tell us what your go-to breakfast is. Mm -hmm. Shout out my porridge people. I hate (gasps) porridge. Uh, What? What? But shout out my porridge people who eat porridge. Stop,
1: stop. Lawson, did you know that recently I actually went on Kickstarter and I helped fund a porridge startup business, and it it, when it went through, it was successful, and it is you know how when you go to the supermarket and you have you go to the porridge or the mm-hmm. oats section right, mm-hmm. and you have like the boxed loose oats, and then you also have the pre packaged, and they come in like a million different flavors, mm-hmm. but they're all sweet. Mm-hmm. So this lady she's in America, she's decided to start her own business and she has like about, I don't know, 20 flavours and they're all savoury porridge flavours and they sound amazing. They're like spicy or like with different herbs and stuff and they and cheesy and oh, and they're all vegan and they're all plant-based. Wow. Yep, yeah. So I um, I backed it because I'm sick of going to the um the porridge section and only having sweet because I actually prefer savoury breakfast and okay. um, it's a good way to keep your sugar down. I love congee. Yeah, well, it's it's like similar because a lot of a lot of Asian cultures have like porridge to them is a savory. It's not like you yeah. know like Asper we stick like brown, but it's, sugar but it's
0: rice. It's not oats.
1: Right, it's still yeah. similar. Yeah, and uh, anyway, there are cultures where they where but sweet oats porridge to them is, I'm a, the biggest is a hater. savory. Dude, you gotta you gotta back this uh this this lady like she's oats. I've, I'm the biggest. I, I follow her story now, and she's like she's going it. She's like building a factory and getting wow. the licenses and stuff. And once she gets into production. Um, backers will get like a box sent to them with like one of each. Oh, of one thing. box. Oh,
0: okay. it'll be like, it'll be like a I was hoping like it was like a year supply or something. No, I
1: wish. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited because as soon as she launches that product, I'm going to be one of those people who like just buys it nonstop.
0: You're going to be, you're going to be at the proverbial front, you know, you're going to be yeah. waiting out the shop overnight. even though. It's and
1: I, I know that it's easy enough to make it yourself, but do you know what? I just love being able to get those packets and pour it into a bowl. I also love even more that they now have the, cup measurement in the little mm. packet you don't have to you don't even have to get out a tool anymore to measure out your milk or your water
0: mm-hmm. i love
1: that you can just pour it pour it from the tap straight into the little plastic little paper
0: bag like and then you, tuck it you measure
1: yes darling that's how you get really good food
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i cook fantastic food <laughs> no, measure,
1: no, so. i don't know i don't know i i
0: have you ever eaten mm. my food before i think maybe a little piece of tofu which was good did you I, make tofu I, I make everything oh maybe we should bring it I should, I should cook. Mm. I should cook. And Maybe some
1: butternut uh, mac and cheese.
0: Butternut mac and cheese, as was no, talked not, about. That's not just in my repertoire. I mean, it's I, could, I should learn it. But I should cook up a big paella.
1: Yeah, you should. And, uh,
0: that would be good.
1: I don't know, dude. I've had paella in Spain.
0: I, 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 that's why I learned how to cook it.
1: Oh, oh, that's right, because we both have lived in Spain. I? <laughs> like, I keep forgetting this. Sister, please, I'm basically
0: Spanish.
1: <laughs> Do you know one time I was in Spain and uh, an English-speaking friend of mine said, hey, um, we've been invited out to the country. I did not know what that meant, but we got in a car and we drove for like hours into the Spanish countryside and we arrived at this like little uh, house, uh, a huge piece of property, and in the backyard they had this enormous round Oh. Uh, cooking pan, of course. like it's, it's it's like a table, but it's actually like a saucepan, Yeah. the size of a giant round table, and they were just like adding all these ingredients, and rice mm. was the base. Like you know, it's paella, which is a for those of you who don't know, it's a Spanish rice dish, mm. and um. And they just cooked it for hours and hours and hours and hours, and by the time it was finally ready to eat, like I was just salivating, I was drooling everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of—it was kind of the size of a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. That was the best paella I've ever had.
0: Yeah, we have photos. So I was in Cartena, which is two hours south of Valencia, mm-hmm. which is like so in that area of Spain, like the south. That
1: might have been where I was because I was living in Valencia, and we drove for hours, so maybe we were in the same.
0: You, oh, you we came, go to the
1: same place? You
0: came down to Cartagena, bro? Oh my god. Cart, Cart- I went
1: to an Adventist family, though.
0: Okay, Cartagena is like the hillbillies of Spain.
1: Right, yeah. It's like, uh-huh. it's so
0: good. It's I, I love Cartagena so much because it was like living in Australia 40 years ago, even though I wasn't alive 40 years ago, mm-hmm. but from what I could gather, it was like living in Australia 40 years ago, and like, we'd go and ride jet skis, there's no licenses, we'd go ride motorbikes on the road, there's no licenses, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, need a, you need a license to drive a car, but it was, it was, but then also it's, you know, developed first world place, but yeah. In Cartena, they have like a, like you have Valencian paella, which is like famous. It's like mm-hmm. the kind of original mm-hmm. paella. Um, but Cartagena had a, you know, that kind of culture, but then its own little twist and influence on it. And, and yeah, we would get together. There's photos of me and my s- sister like standing over the big table, <laughs> table wide skillet. Saucepan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, just mm-hmm. mixing that thing. Um, well, not mixing it. You know, you don't, you don't, once you put the water in, you, you don't, it, don't stir. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta let it cook out. But this is the thing I've learned. If there's one thing I've learned from cooking, it's this. And this might fly in the face of what Jeremy Dixon teaches mm-hmm. because.
1: Ooh la la controversy but, here we go. But
0: if if your dish has any amount of water in it? <clears throat> yeah. Like if it's a sauce, is it if it's a rice or anything, the more you simmer it, the better it tastes.
1: Ooh. I Chef Lawson I, coming so with the hot tips.
0: One of my friends when I lived in Spain was Italian mm-hmm. from like tavolia which is mm-hmm. we're talking like Tuscany, like oh. we're talking and and they would make spaghetti with like Four ingredients. Yeah. Like, it's, it's legit Italian food. And she's like, I start cooking the sauce for my spaghetti three days before I'm going <laughs> to oh, eat it.
1: Oh, wow. That and sauce I want to eat.
0: You just simmer and you simmer and you simmer and you simmer. And that thing is crisp. Like, it is flavorful it is like like you just would not believe how good the flavor of sauce is and that's why they eat spaghetti with four ingredients. We eat spaghetti over here with 25 ingredients because we suck at cooking <laughs> like that's what, we, we have like like pizza with like so many ingredients because we're terrible at cooking but yeah that's that's the secret to European cuisine. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491064669. So we can see there that if you want something good, it takes time. It takes time. It does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're talking about time today in our Bible study because we are considering the Sabbath. We've been considering Ooh. the Sabbath right throughout the week. And, well, if I could even make more of a bridge, it's, it's actually if you, if you take time, if you take time if you slow down and take time then things are better things work better when there is when there is rest when you rest that sauce over the over, <laughs> over the hot plate this. and let it simmer out love it's always be better when that. you rest your body in the mercy of god in the in the rest that jesus provides in the sabbath then you get to be better. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that.
1: It was good. I was loving you, it.
0: You're feeling it, okay? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we've been talking about the Sabbath, and we've been talking about. Well, yesterday we did the call and response, right? Let's let's see if you can let's see if you can get it again, Monica, without the Bible in front of you. Okay, Revelation fourteen seven is a call to worship. Who? Jesus. Amen. Okay. Why? And because he's our creator. Amen. Revelation fourteen nine is a solemn appeal to not worship the devil. Worship. The beast.
1: Because he's a destroyer.
0: Because he's a destroyer. Okay. Yeah. Revelation fourteen and verse twelve describes a people who
1: worship
0: Uh-huh. Jesus. Jesus and
1: Oh, I'll keep his commandments.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I was like, who
1: else do they worship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they worship Jesus, they have the testimony of Jesus, um, they have the faith of Jesus, they have the spirit of prophecy, the Bible even says. There's a number of different places in the Bible, that it, in, in the book of Revelation, where it talks about this group who are following God at the end of the time. But they keep the commandments of God. Amen. And we consider this to be so important yesterday. we were deciphering and and understanding what that actually looks like. And does it look like, well, I need to keep the commandments of God to be saved? No, you keep the commandments of God because you are saved. And it simply works like this. Monica, what is pet peeve of yours?
1: People who um, chew with their mouth open, you can hear it.
0: Okay, so if we are friends, which Mm -hmm. we are, Mm -hmm. and we're spending a lot of time together, Mm -hmm. and you tell me that that irks you.
1: Yeah. It's called schmutzing in German. There's no word for it in English.
0: Schmutzing. Schmutzing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like schmutzing all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, I've taken a bite into a delicious green apple and then I'm schmutzing, you know. And it just sends a shiver down your spine and you say, Lawson... We are fantastic friends, mm-hmm. but you need to stop right now mm-hmm. because I will get violent, <laughs> no, and I, I have a history of that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> because I will get violent. So no, but you you communicate to this this to me, and yeah. as your friend who appreciates you and loves you, if I don't stop doing that, how does that make you feel? Worthless. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like obviously, like You just don't
1: care about me. Yeah,
0: that's right. It, it that it's mm-hmm. it's a direct revealer. Mm-hmm. Exposure of my care towards you. Now, there's you know certain habits and whatnot. This is like people who have addictions and da-da-da-da. yeah, it might
1: be hard for you to stop because you have to you know rethink how you eat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which is hard. But
0: out of my friendship and love for you, I would make that decision. To try to change because and also because I I don't think that what you're saying is disagreeable, right? If you were like Lawson, stop going to church, I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, right, shut up, Monica. But
1: (laughs) the etiquette is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like respectful. Even
0: as as a person, if I ate with my mouth open, I would agree. Like, oh, that's kind of pretty good. So I should stop doing that. Mm. Um, It's in the same way when God is saying, don't murder people, right? Don't commit adultery. Mm -hmm. Stop lying. Stop stealing. You know, stop worshipping idols. All of us can agree that those things are bad.
1: 100%.
0: And it is a litmus test of our care and understanding of what God has done for us that we try to engage in not doing that. But again, as we were discussing yesterday, that is only achievable. The overcoming of sin is only achievable. Your righteousness is only gained by your faith. Right. And your faith is a decision mm-hmm. and your decision is completely and totally and utterly supplemented by God. This is this is like the the big takeaway point of everything. We can we can talk about how good keeping the law is. You want know you, you want to go for me um can you go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 31? Romans chapter 3 and verse 31. We're going to have a look at a few verses in Romans now. Romans 3 and verse 31.
1: I am reading from the NLT and it says, well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the
0: law. Exactly. Only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Now, in a lot of, unfortunately, evangelicalism, and we see this a lot in Australia because the biggest kind of movement of churches in Australia and, you know, growth in Australia is amongst the non-denominational you know, church community. And I, you know, I'm not like, if you go to a non-denominational church, your church might not be like this. And so I don't want to, I don't want to at you, but there, there is this level of progressivism among them that plays this game of, Oh, fulfilling the law by faith looks like believing in Jesus and not changing. Mm Mm-hmm at the end of the day. And I remember there was a very famous pastor of a huge, you know, multi-campus non-denominational church in the United States. I, I can't exactly remember what which church it was, you know, whether it was a hill, Hillsong an Elevation or whatever. He was like yeah, a relatively yeah. famous pastor. And he gets up and he says, uh, we should not affirm the Ten Commandments because we don't believe in the Ten Commandments as Christians, Wow. say, you know, yeah. which is... Absolutely wild to mm. me. Um, then you've got people like Stephen Furtick preaching that God broke the law Himself for love wow. to save you, and so when they re-
1: blasphemy, when
0: they read something which is so ridiculous, because God died to keep the law. That's, that's right. actually that's, that, that's right. actually what's going on. Yeah. It's that because we broke the law, because God is a law keeper, because God is righteous, because God's law is completely intrinsic to His character, He died. Mm. He died to keep the law. That's He died because we broke the law.
1: Well, it's blasphemy because it would be, mean that he's not actually Jesus. He's not the son of man.
0: Yeah. But, but furthermore, it's blasphemy because it
1: it, it... it means none of us are saved. None, none of us are saved. There is
0: no point for Jesus to die. Yeah. It, you, actually, we could all be saved. This is their point. We're all saved because Jesus broke the law for love. But Jesus died for nothing. Why would Jesus sacrifice himself? And then, broke and then, he
1: broke the law and, then the, and then the next step, the
0: next step of that theology is then the idea that, oh, well, Jesus' death on the cross was just a demonstration of how much God loves us. I'm like, no, Jesus' death on the cross, yes, it was a demonstration of how much God loves us because Jesus had to pay the transaction of sin. Yeah. The payment, the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid that. Why is the wage of sin death? Because sin brings death, but sin is the transgression of the law. We have transgressed the law and sinned, therefore we deserve the payment of sin. Jesus paid that transaction.
1: This is, at the beginning of our show, we're talking about people who study their Bibles more when they change religion. This is one of the reasons why you need to, because like that doc- that false doctrine has the devil's fingerprints all over it. And it's no wonder that people are so confused yeah. when people are preaching that kind of nonsense. Yeah, this absolutely. is why you need to study the Bible for yourself. And if you see truth that is be- coming from the Bible that's not in your church, you might need to do some switching.
0: And so therefore, when we read a verse like this, by faith we fulfill the law, mm. It's because by faith, Jesus himself does a powerful work in our hearts. Again, we accept salvation by grace through faith. Jesus does a powerful work in our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit to change us, to grow us, and to sanctify us. That is Christianity. Amen. The Peter who denied Jesus was a different Peter after after his reinstating. Did he still sin? Yes, we can read about it in, Gal- in the book of Galatians. You read about how Paul... We basically observed Peter participating in partiality and you could call racism, Mm -hmm. discrimination Mm -hmm. um, towards those of the Gentile faith. And Peter was called out. But then Peter repented and changed. You know, as much as we call out, and again, progressive Christianity is very much wrapped up in social issues. They call out racism and sexism and say, these are problems. These are sins. You're treating people unfairly. I'm like, well, how are you treating God? Yeah. (laughs) That's my question. That's my question. How are you treating God? Um, Because our relationship with God, again, if I just keep schmutzing all over the place, Mm -hmm. how how do you feel?
1: Yeah, like not good.
0: Awful. Yeah. And we sin. I love this passage of the Bible when Joseph is talking about why he can't sleep with Potiphar's wife. And he says, it's not a sin against Potiphar. It's not a sin against his wife. He says, it would be a sin Mm -hmm. against God. God." Mm. And so this this is the point we need to realize our sin is, yes, against our fellow man. And if we're not racist and we're not sexist and da-da-da-da, then that's fantastic. And we're not murdering people, stealing, da-da-da. That's also fantastic. But the person who we ultimately sin against is God himself, the very one who lived and died and resurrected for us in our place. So, yeah, guys, please, come on. Um, let's read another verse. Do you want to go to Romans chapter 6 for me? And oh, we're going to have to pick this up after we come back. But I'm going to go to Romans chapter six, and we're going to see what's happening there. What Paul's commentary on the law is there. But... you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and we are going to have a clue for the quiz because we, we realise we forgot to <laughs> say it. You you'll two. still get po- you'll get two points for this. In fact, yeah. give them both clues, and
1: they can have and they can points.
0: they can yeah. have two points. Okay. Yeah. two hundred points. Okay,
1: what book am I? With sixty six chapters, this is the second longest book in the entire Bible. Do you know what it is now, Lawson? Yeah, we we're discussing in the break that Lawson didn't quite know, but he knows now.
0: I uh, I was thinking.
1: spell it out in the in the, in the ear for me. Yep.
0: yeah yeah okay okay
1: cool <laughs> i'm not gonna say how many letters <laughs> okay our final clue is this i am the major prophetic book of the old testament most quoted in the new testament
0: yeah i you know what from the beginning i thought it was this one because of the ending mm-hmm. which you said yeah. before i was mm-hmm. like okay which book which books end with a scene of heaven mm. but then i just i don't know i just got thrown for a loop it's wow. got
1: 66 chapters. It's the second longest book of the entire Bible. It's the major prophetic book of the Old Testament, and it's some, it's most quoted in the New Testament. So it's
0: not the book of Jude.
1: Or Revelation.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hey, 0491 064 Of course, our prize for this week is the amazing, the awesome 40 days of prayer, connecting and learning about the nature and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. All right. Monica.
1: We're about to read Romans 6.
0: So, do you want to pick it up for us in Romans chapter 6 and I want you to read 14 to 16.
1: 14 to 16 says this. Sin is no longer your master, for you have no long sorry. Oh, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has sent set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living.
0: Awesome. Okay, so this verse...
1: This is, I just want to say, this is like the best thing. Because you know when we say you can like choose yeah. to make God happy your whole life and choose yeah. to be worried about what you know God wants? And yet the thing is like... People think that's restrictive and yet it's the best thing for you. It's not just good
0: <laughs> for God. It's also like amazing for you. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But this passage, so it's like, for sin shall not have dominion over you if you are under the law, but but you are not under the law, but under grace. That is the single most compartmentalized passage in the entire Bible. Like, I mean, I have heard time and time and time again, when people, again, we're talking about this message of Completely, a complete rejection of God's law because God isn't asking you to change. God isn't asking you to overcome sin. They, they, this is the verse. This Mm -hmm. is the verse. And it actually reminds me, I was talking with someone about, I, I probably mentioned this on the show before. I was talking with someone about East Lightning, my favorite cult. Uh, east Lightning is a group in China and they proclaim that Jesus has already come back in the form of a woman who's living in China right now. Oh, wow. A, as part of this group. Now, they're called East Lightning, which is a clear reference to Matthew 24 where the Bible says, As lightning flashes from the east to the west, so shall the Son of Man be. Okay. And it's like, Oh, we're East Lightning because we have the coming of the Son of Man. The verse directly under that verse in Matthew 24 says, So if anyone, because it says, a Lightning self flash from the east to the west so shall the coming of the son of man be so if anyone tells you that he is in the desert don't go if anyone tells you he's in the upper room don't go if anyone claims that Jesus is anywhere but coming in the clouds don't oh, believe go. them like oh and so it's crazy because their their whole identity is based off this verse that disproves their entire system of theology the next verse.
1: Once again, more reason why you should study your Bible. Study
0: your Bible. Absolutely. Again, we come to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under the law, but you're under grace. And people are like, see, sin doesn't have dominion over, the, under, over me because I'm, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. And then it goes even further. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? And it says, certainly not. So then, the question is: Okay, in what sense am I not under the law? You know what it means to be under the law?
1: What?
0: To be condemned. Oh, see, this is the point. It's w- when you are under the law, you are condemned. B- this is this is the point. The reason we are condemned when we are under the law is because we've sinned. Mm. If we're under the law and we haven't sinned, we're G. Yeah, right. Wait, wait, we're wait. good. We're chilling. We're chilling. But we're no. We're not under the law. Because Jesus died to save us from sin. But then you read this passage, then it's like, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. And it's like, but that doesn't make sense. Because if if I'm no longer under the law, then I can sin. But if I'm not allowed to sin and sin is a transgression of the law, then am I still under the law? It's his paradox. But the paradox is easily solved when we consider the Jesus factor. The reality is is that we were under the condemnation of the law. We deserve to die as a result of breaking the law, yet Jesus died in our place. Now we are no longer under the condemnation of the law, but rather we have been redeemed from condemnation of the law. But does this mean that we still sin, which is to transgress the law? Does this mean that the law doesn't exist? Well, as we read before, Paul doesn't agree with that. He says, no, we uphold the law. We establish the law. And here it's saying we shouldn't sin even though we've been saved by grace from the condemnation of the law. Why again? Because the law is the the revealing of God's character. It's the law is who God is. It's what He's about, and and it's like, oh, why would you restrict someone so much by telling them they need to keep the law? I'm not. No one's restricting them. What we're what we're saying by you should keep the law of God is you should be more like God, Amen. which is something that I want to be. Mm. But again, guys, I feel like I always have to qualify when I say this. What does it mean to keep the law and become more like God? How are we supposed to do that? By the power of Jesus alone, by the power of the Holy Spirit alone. That's our only option. But as you said when we came into the segment, right? You were you were like pleasing God is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And I just I just have such a testimony in my life of how I was able to come over overcome so many ailments and struggles, and particularly for me, it was alcoholism, it was, you know, just stress and and anxiety dude the sabbath bro and that's what we've been talking about all this week the sabbath has been the very tool that god has used to radically change my life really like you can say yeah it's the power of the holy spirit working in my life it's the realization that jesus has saved me but the sabbath really as as much as like because you'll if let's say you are like an impulsive liar that will ruin your life absolutely if you if Mm -hmm. god helps you to stop lying your life will get better amen In my life, I was a compulsive like alcoholic and stress head and depressed and all of these different things and then God gave me a day of rest. I felt like I, I felt like such a constant failure I felt like I could never do what I, I thought I you know what, what I was motivated to achieve. I, I was just so lacking in confidence because of a lot of the failures that I've had in my life then God gave me the Sabbath. And he said, "No, Lawson, you can rest, and that rest made me better and has enabled me to be able to live the life that I live today and and, and I, I, I proclaim loudly one of the biggest catalysts for overcoming um, sin in my own life and addiction, particularly the sin of, like particularly alcoholism, which the Bible clearly defines as a sin, the Bible mm-hmm. says the drunkards will not enter the kingdom of heaven." overcoming alcoholism in my life was a result of the power of God, Jesus working in my heart, but God used the Sabbath to help me overcome that. Because I got convicted about the Sabbath. I got convicted about God's law. I'm like, I want to do that. I hadn't been convicted about drinking yet. I started keeping the Sabbath and I decided, okay, this is going to be the, from Friday night, from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. I'm not going to party. I'm not going to go drink with my friends. I'm just going to spend time reading my Bible, going to church and and being sober. And these were, at that time in my life, These were some of the first sober days that I was having in my whole week. And it felt so good. I was loving it so much. I was part of a beautiful, amazing church family and community. Again, all of this coming from endeavoring to keep God's law, to keep the Sabbath because he had convicted me to do so, it radically changed my life. I think... You know, a lot of people. When I tell my testimony, I have a relatively fast turnaround of like, you know, meeting Christians and starting Bible studies in in August 2016, and and by December I was baptized, and by January I was on my way to you know up to Kingscliff to do a rise and to do Bible college. And again, that is solely by the power of God. Amen. But I can wholeheartedly say that the thing that God used to have that quick turnaround, where I went from, um, where I went from sinner to disciple, that process happened as a result. of of God revealing to me, hey, you should live up to the principles that I'm bestowing upon you through my word and one of those is the sabbath. Amen. God wants to change your life and if you've never kept the sabbath before, please, I am pleading with you and so is Jesus. I am pleading with you, keep the sabbath. It will change your life. God will use it and he will he will grow you and make you different and make you more like him. <music> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We've got myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Monica, which is, she's she's licking her fingers right now, you know, just, just preparing herself to be in a state to... Did
1: you say my wife co-host?
0: My wonderful co-host.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Right. I don't know. I think you're
0: projecting. <laughs> um, listen, listen, get in line. Okay, um... Uh,
1: <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> oh, That's so
0: funny, bro. Okay, uh, you're listening to the Breakfast Show. And we've come to the time in the show in which we don't have any more quiz clues. All We're we just have gonna is give answers. you the Yeah, we've got answers.
1: What book am I? It was Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah has the word created uh, most often in it. It's uh, 12 times. Its last verse uh, is about the dead bodies um, of those who rebelled in the worm that will not die and the fire that will not quench. Uh, Redeem occur The word "redeemed" occurs twice as often in Isaiah than any other book. It has sixty-six chapters. It's the second longest book in the Bible, and it's the major prophetic book of the Old Testament, most quoted in the New Testament.
0: Absolutely. Now, the book of Isaiah is the most quoted in the New Testament. As you said, it has a, in, these incredible, amazing prophecies of Jesus. It is. It's got a beautiful narrative as well. Yeah. Uh, even though it's it's a you know the story of isaiah you know it's it's his prof- prophetic writing it's you know it goes along with a journey the journey of isaiah becoming you know a prophet and a man of god and following god and uh, particularly i love it when when isaiah gets to go to heaven
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: up until this point up until chapter six he's been proclaiming to the entire world, he's been proclaiming. Well, to to all of those in Jerusalem and Judea and in Israel at the time, he's been proclaiming, "You guys are lost." You, you like, and his favorite phrase is, "Woe to you!"
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: he's like, "Woe to you! Woe to you, King! Woe to you, people! Woe to you, this! Woe to you, that! Woe, 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 woe! All of you guys fall short of the glory of God. You, you know, you are terrible, and you're all struggling. And then Isaiah gets to go to heaven. He gets taken to heaven. He gets a look in the sanctuary. And the words that comes out of his mouth is, Woe is me, for I am of unclean lips. And we see that he is, he is cleansed. He's purified. He's he's changed. And he comes back to earth with a powerful mission. But we come to the end of the book of Isaiah. And again, it's just got these absolutely beautiful pictures of what um, what the new heavens and the new earth will look like. And I love it. We come to verse 22. It says, for as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, you shall, you, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it's like, wow, you know, it's talking about it's time in which sin doesn't reign anymore. It continues on. It says, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and that from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me.
1: Amen. What
0: we see here is that we don't only keep the Sabbath from the beginning of creation, but we keep the Sabbath for the rest of eternity. Yeah. This is talking about heaven, my yep. friends. We're going to be in heaven for the rest of eternity living with God, keeping the Seven. Sabbath, meeting together, spending time together. Um we've just got a um I just got a text message coming in from Skye. She says, "I heard wife too."
1: Yeah, thank you, Sky.
0: And then she wrote, "You should, t- you two should date." Guys,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Sky. laughs>
0: we're getting shipped by the listeners. That, that's what they call it now, by the way. If, if you know, if you, if you're a, that's what young people call it. If you've never heard that word before, we're being shipped by the listeners. There's, there's a small problem. It's, it's a
1: 14 year age gap. There, oh, I was going to
0: say that I'm shorter than you. Yep.
1: That, also, <laughs> that also, that also, the, the 14 years that I am older than Lawson, problematic, Sky, it's problematic. Scott, it's problematic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, because Monica and I are just fantastic friends. We're, no, yeah, we're brothers look, look, If Lawson
1: was like, if he'd been born 20 years older, I, I would, I would yeah, I'd, you know. I
0: would, <laughs> no, I'm that guy.
1: I'd date a short king.
0: I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> Um anyways, Thanks, <laughs> this is uh, interesting times. I mean, you know, I, I get shopped around a lot, especially by <laughs> Faith FM listeners. You know, we've, we have had Faith FM listeners because we, we don't do this so much anymore. But in the past, particularly with Blake on, man, that guy just used to go hard about how single I was, like always, always recommending me. And we've had Faith of him listeners type in before hey, my daughter's coming up to Avondale, <laughs> like da, da da. You should meet her. She's really nice. You sound like a great guy. Like we've had that multiple times happen on this show. So, you know, it, it goes down like that. Absolutely, guys. Remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith as you go throughout this day, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ.
1: God be